Welcome to Small Church Shepherds, a weekly podcast of smallchurchshepherds.com, a ministry that exists to equip, enrich, and encourage small church pastors. I'm Dennis Ellenberg, and I'm the pastor of Antioch Baptist Church in Brandon, Mississippi. Hey guys, my name is James Clardy. I'm a teaching elder and also a member of Grace Falls Church. And I'm Jonathan Greer. I'm pastor at Franklin Creek Baptist Church in Moss Point, Mississippi. Well, guys, uh, today's topic um, is we're going to discuss the importance of mentoring in the life of a pastor. And I think this really is a good topic, given that last week we talked about the importance of longevity. And one of the questions was, how can a pastor stay long? And we really didn't cover this in that podcast But I think it's important to note that I think one of the ways a pastor can stay long is by having a good mentor. So today we're going to talk about mentorship together. So I guess the first question is, uh, what is mentoring? What does mentorship look like? And Jonathan, I'm going to start with you today. Uh, Mentorship, it, it looks like a more experienced pastor having time on a regular basis with a less experienced pastor. I mean, and that can take many forms, whether that's a phone call or it's getting coffee or lunch. Um, it, it doesn't matter really what it is. The importance is that of someone with more experience, more wisdom, investing in someone with less experience and less wisdom. James? Yeah, um, I would totally agree. Um, the the model that comes to my mind, if we want to use a picture for a definition, would uh, be that of Paul and Timothy. Right. Um, I mean, the pastoral epistles are just – it's just such a fountain of pastoral wisdom just flowing out. And, and so when I think about mentorship, discipleship, whatever terminology you want to use, I think Jonathan's right. It's a man who's experienced, who has the, the scars on his back. He's got the dents in his shield. Um, he's fought many battles. And here I am as a 36-year-old or someone as a 24-year-old. He comes in beside them like a Paul would a Timothy and call him a dear son of the faith and, and mentor him, challenge him, you know, push right. him uh, to be better. Right. Uh, and to me, I think I want to go even a step further because I think um, there is the, the Timothy – Paul example, but I also think um, I remember one time a pastor told me, he said, Dennis, in your life, you need three people. He said, you need a Timothy, you need a Paul and you need a Barnabas. He said, you need all three of those people in your life. And he said, you need someone who's a Paul, who's more mature than you, who's pouring into your life. You need a Timothy who's younger in the faith, who you're pouring your life into. He said, but you also need a Barnabas. And that's a guy who just has permission just to love you, who's there to encourage you. Um, You know, the Paul asks the tough questions, kicks your tail a little bit. The Barnabas is there for, you know, that support, that moral support, that love, that encouragement, and that Timothy is an outflow for what God's doing in your life. And so when I I think of mentoring, it's those three relationships that I think of when I think of mentoring that we all need in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So the next question that we have, so that's sort of what we're talking about when we talk about mentoring, that that relationship. And I think y'all did a great job of sort of explaining that. So my question then is, why do we see such a lack of mentoring in our churches today? Why do we see such a, a dearth of mentoring relationships among pastors? Well, go ahead, James. 
No, you know, and, and, and thinking about that, and, and I know there's many reasons uh, uh, for that, um, but I'm just going to throw one out there. Man, it's hard work, uh, just to be honest with you. It, yeah. Discipleship, mentoring people, and even being mentored, um, it takes sacrifice, and it's hard work. And We have families and ball schedules and church schedule, and the times I've discipled men in the churches uh, around, I have a men's group I disciple, mentor of two, three other men, excuse me, on Monday nights, and I told them in starting this, this has to be a priority, not over your family, not over the local church, but this has to be my, because it's just hard work. And, and if you don't make it a priority, uh, uh, it doesn't happen. And I, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but over the years now, over 20 years, we have to get it in our minds. We have to get it there. This is the work and it's hard work and it will pay dividends. But to go back to that original question, I think sometimes I'm not saying laziness, but I think sometimes we get in the middle of it without counting the cost, and then we end up bailing on it. Um, yeah, and I, and I agree. And, you know, James, just to get back to that, because one thing I want to remind everybody of, and I think because we, we're small church pastors, but the three of us are fortunate enough to be um, – well, Jonathan and I are fortunate enough at this season in life to be full-time small church pastors. But I know with you, James, you have the added effect that you're bivocational, and a lot right. of small church pastors are bivocational, and I think that affects that. Jonathan, I think you had something you wanted to add. Uh, I was just going to say one reason I don't – I think it – um, there's a lack of mentoring is I think a lack of mentoring breeds a lack of mentoring right. as in like I as you know I'm 28 about to be 29 I've been in the ministry since 2009 I did not have anyone mentor me until maybe five years ago you know right like like it, it it was so long i didn't i didn't know what that looked like and how am i supposed to go and mentor someone else when i've never been mentored myself i don't right. know what it looks like you know and so I think there are so many people that just haven't been mentored that they need that. And, and that goes into what James is saying. It takes someone sucking it up, doing the hard work of saying, you know what? This is something that was never done for me. I'm going to go and do that to someone else so that they can't have – they don't have to have the the – downside in their ministry that I have had. I'm going to be that mentor to them and get something started. And and could it be also, and, and, and that's a great point by Jonathan, the lack of mentoring because there is no mentoring, is we, we've just lost it. You know, I'm, I know maybe we just can't put our finger on exactly why over the years and decades. Maybe it's an American phenomenon and evangelicalism. I, I, I don't know. Right. But, but I, I do know and in the pastorate work that we're doing, and if you're listening to this, you have some main main focuses, pillars that you have to focus on and work on in your ministry. And I would encourage you, yes, expositional preaching, yes, a healthy ecclesiology, yes, your family, all these things. But you have to put in there that mentoring discipleship work. It has to be right. a pillar. You have to reproduce yourself. And, and, and going, Dennis was asking about a while ago being bivocational. I go back to that word priority. Over the years, it's just become that important to me. I have young men that are in the ministry now because I spent time with them. And it wasn't because of me, but someone poured into them. And now they're ministers, they're elders, they're, they're missionaries, all these things. And so, so I, I just challenge us and those who are listening, um, 
to resolve in your heart that this is going this is going to happen. You're going to pray right. and search for people, and 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 focus and and, and work in those on those men and those individuals. Right. And James, you just said that about guys in the ministry. Christian, I just had the awesome opportunity to go eat dinner with one of my Timothys from one of our churches this past week. He's the youth pastor now at Country Woods Baptist Church in Byron, and just to be able to spend time with he and his wife, who we both poured into when we were ministering in their community. Um, what a, what a joy that is. And I think sometimes guys don't get that right. because, um, they, they've never poured into someone. And so they don't get that joy of, I poured into this guy and now God is using them. In some cases, uh, their, their influence is multiplied over my influence. And, 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 you know, like I told my wife when we were going home, I said, you know, what a joy it is to know that even though there are days when I feel like I have little influence to know that God is multiplying my influence because right. of the, the, the fact that I poured into this young man. And I think that's one of the benefits of mentoring. Okay, here's a question that we didn't talk about, but as we were discussing, and James, something you said made me want to say this, because a lot of times when we go into churches, especially into churches that have not been discipled, and we talked about that a lot last week when we talked about the damage that, that a lack of longevity caused. Uh, sometimes it's hard to find people to mentor. I know where I'm at, it's been very difficult to find people who are um, mature enough or are at a point where they want to be mentored. So the question is, how do you find people to mentor? And, and I know I'm throwing you all a little bit of a curveball, but, but what are some ways, what are some methods that we can use to find people to pour into and to mentor? And James, I'm going to start with you. Uh, to be honest, what I do, number one, I go into a church in any context. I just start watching. I just start looking and watching men who, who, who seem to have maybe a thirst or hunger for more God's word. Um, also I look for men who are already in leadership positions, but are not spiritually and theologically, uh, probably sound and strong as they need to be. And right. the first thing I do before I go to them say, Hey, we're going to meet every Monday night for Bible study. I just number one, build a relationship with them. I just right. say, Hey, let's meet for lunch. Let's meet for coffee. Come eat breakfast, stuff like that. As we do that more, I'll say, Hey, how about we hold each other accountable? Hey, I'm a pastor. You know, I get busy. Right. And so there's a, there is a method to the madness, but I'm going to a point where, Hey, um, now we're meeting weekly and I'm mentoring, I'm discipling them. So I, I would say start with the watching and then just as you're prayerfully watching, I should say, you're looking for someone maybe who's hungry for the word, you know, things of that nature. So as I start compiling that, I put a game plan together and I know the game plan may take five, six months to get them where they need to be to start that process. But again, right. longevity, as we talked about last episode and seeing the big picture, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I would just bounce off of that. Uh, I do something very similar. I, way I've done here at my church is I watch, and one of the main things that's a limiter on mentorship is people who, like you said, Dennis, are willing to want to be mentored. Right. Um, and one way I gauge that is by watching, and number two, as James said, I'll host a Bible study. Um, do Start hosting extracurricular 
time that for small groups in your church and the people you're going to end up mentoring are going to be the people who are going to be willing to come to those small group meetings. It's going to be the people, if they can make the time to come to a Bible study and then you can find someone in that Bible study meeting that is going to be willing to, okay, we can take this deeper. We can go further with this. We can, as James said, move it to accountability, move it to something regular, move it to where we're coming and talking, whether we have a quote unquote Bible study to do or not. Um, and, and you're forging those relationships. Um, and, but also part of that watching outside of trying to do the more direct route of, of finding someone from like a Bible study is just living amongst your church members. Right. Who, who right. do you find yourself coming into contact with on a regular basis? You know, there's, there's, I can think of right now two or three men in my church who they're, Rain or shine, doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to bump into them at least once or twice a week outside of the church meeting, you know, just in the community. We're going to have a little conversation by by their truck or something like that, you know, And, and those are the type of men that if I if I'm going to mentor anyone, it's going to be them. Okay. Um and, and I just sort of mirror what you guys said. It's about building relationships with your people. It's about getting to know your people. It's about living life with people. And I think, you know, when we talk about community, if you if you build a good community, then God's going to raise those people up that you say, I need to pour into that person. And I think that's important. Okay, so the next question is, why is mentoring needed in the pastorate? Why is mentoring needed in the pastorate? And I'm, I'm going to sort of start this, this conversation off. Um, I think mentoring is needed in the pastorate because uh, for two reasons. Number one, um, we're not a finished product. We're, We're nowhere near finished. And if we go into a church with this attitude of, I know what I'm doing, then we're setting us ourselves up for failure. Even if we've gone to seminary, even if we've got that degree hanging on the wall behind us, if we go into a church with the attitude that I'm, I know what to do, then all we're doing is setting ourselves up for failure. And so I know for me, I've built invaluable relationships with older guys. They're guys I have on my phone and, and we may not meet regularly now because, you know, schedules, um, we may meet once a month, but, um, I know I've got a group of older guys, older pastors that I could call and say, here, here's a situation in my church. Um, what have you, have you had this situation rise and what did you mm-hmm. do? What, what can I do to help do this in a biblical way? So I think that's important. But then also I think it's important that we have someone that we're pouring into in the pastorate so that we don't stagnate, so that we're always mm-hmm. challenged to grow. We're always challenged to continue to study, to continue. Um, because you know, as well as I do, you know, we've got, each of you guys probably have a library of sermons. You can get into seasons where if you're not careful, you stagnate and you can sort of go back to the, you know, I can go back to the old files and pull something out, which I would discourage anyone from doing, but I know it happens. Um, having that person you're pouring into keeps you fresh, keeps you reading new books, keeps you studying, keeps you thinking. And so I think those are two important reasons to have that mentor. Um, guys? Well, I would just I kind of echo one of your points is that we're not finished products. We we are we lack wisdom, we lack discernment, we lack experience. There's so many things that we lack that other people have gone through and gained. Um, you know, and your mentoring relationship can change over the periods. Like I, I as you said, there there I have my first mentor. Uh, we used to meet weekly because we served on staff together. Um, right. 
But now that I'm, you know, hours or one hours away from him, you know, we don't talk every week or anything like that. But, you know, know when I have a problem in my church, who I'm going to text or call, it's going to be him, you know, Um, because I know that he has that experience and has that wisdom and, and has that outside insight to look at me and either tell me, yeah, you're doing good. You need to keep doing this. Or he's going to say, Jonathan, you're being an idiot. You know? And and I know that that's my person I can call to. Um, and, and I would say maybe half the time it's Jonathan, you're being an idiot is what he's going to tell me. But um, it, it's important to have someone that you can reach out to because otherwise you feel alone in the ministry. You feel like you're on an island. And, and as much as we tell our church members all the time, you can't not be a part of a church, local church because Christians aren't built to be in an island. Uh, same thing for pastorate. You are not built to be an island. You are built and designed and gifted to need other pastors. That's just the way it's supposed to be. And if you, if you isolate yourself, uh, it's just going to kill you in ministry. You're going to make mistakes, and you're going to feel alone in those mistakes. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree with both of you. Um, As I stated in, I believe, another podcast, we are men in the middle of our sanctification process. Because of that, um, my feelings, my heart uh, lies to me so many times. And and so, therefore, I need, as Jonathan's alluding to, I need someone who will say, hey, that's not the real picture. You're feeling something that might not be right. true. You know, right. and, and, and I know we preach that. We believe it. But we are we, we can fall prey to that. We can fall into that snare, that trap. And so I know for me, one of the reasons I need it far as besides I, I believe it's biblically mandated to, to, to disciple people, but is – is at this point in my life, I, I have to have that. I have to have it. It's not a crutch, but I know there's somebody there um, that I can call, and and he 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 is like a surgeon for the soul. He can get right. to the point. He can ask two or three questions, and I'm sitting there feeling somewhat foolish and immature, but then he'll encourage me, St. James. Right. I, I go through that as well. I'm just right. asking you the questions that I have to be asked myself. So I use that t- phraseology a lot, surgeon of the soul, but he's just really, he's really, really good at that. And then on the flip side, about why is it needed for me to do that for someone else. It's not just about paying it forward, but I, again, the Paul and Timothy dynamic and stuff, I just believe as ministers, but as Christians, we, we are called, uh, disciples make disciples to use that term and that, I mean, that phrase, that statement. And so I just feel the calling, the burden as I stay longer in the ministry is, and Dennis had a great example all ago of this about that young man who's a youth minister on staff somewhere where is not only leading people to Christ, but to see and not only impact them, but you've impacted their family, their children, their grandchildren. That's your legacy. You don't know your legacy until you die, of course. Right. I mean, you're gone, then your legacy. But the longer I do this, you cannot convince me um, that discipleship doesn't work and it's not commanded nor needed. I just cannot be convinced otherwise just because I've seen the fruit of it. I've done all kinds of programs, conferences, uh, just right. quick six-week Bible studies. But the guys I've spent years with, I'm talking about a year or two years, three years, some of them longer now. Um, when you see in their lives, I'm just telling you, there's a joy that comes in your heart. And then I'm reminded, hey, 
you need that for yourself. So you need right. to call so and so and doing that. So yeah, I, I just echo what you guys said um, on that. And I think great examples by, by both of you of why it's needed on both sides. While we need to we need to be mentored and then turn around and mentor others. I remember David Platt made a statement, and I, I'll cut it back over to you, yeah. uh, Dennis. But he was talking about discipleship, and it was a video on Facebook or something, so it had to be true. But anyway, um, <laughs> and so, but it was, it was David Platt talking about discipleship. He said, "You're not growing in Christ just for yourself. You're not learning these things about Christ just for yourself. You're learning them for someone else because you've got to turn around and hand it off." You're right. handing it off to someone else. You know, and you see that through the scriptures. The, the faith wants to learn the saints. Every generation, we're handing off the faith. Uh, and so the process gets broken down if we as pastors, if we don't do our part in that process. Right. And one thing I want to sort of highlight is that um, I don't think our mentors need to be singular. Um, I actually yeah. have about four or five different guys that I call to um, when I have different issues. Um, I've got one guy who is actually a Christian counselor. Um, and so when I have stressful things going on in life, I'll call, I'll go see him sometimes and sit down with him and we'll have a conversation. And he does some of those things, like you said, those diagnostic things, James. I've got pastors that I call. I, I think. I think just as a church needs a multitude of elders, I think a, a pastor needs a multitude of mentors, and I think it's incredibly important. Jonathan, you got anything else to add to that? Well, I would just say uh, yes and amen, and that I, I agree. I have I feel like we all the time, we, one of us finishes, and then the other one's like, I agree with that wholeheartedly, yes. But We all bring up so many great points, it's hard not to agree with it, right? I know. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all so wonderful, and that's what you get for listening to this podcast, is yeah, just a get hot the very best, of, the be, very yeah, best yeah. commentary cream from some of the these cream. smartest. We are called this. small uh, small church humble shepherds. Humble yes, shepherds. But no, I, w- I would say the multiplicity of, of mentors because each mentor is going to serve a different purpose in your life. I have people in my life who are my encouragers. I have people in my life who give me wisdom and I have uh, – people in my life that are my rebukers, you know, (laughs) Um, and I think I'm generally, if I think about my role in people's lives, I'm generally a rebuker in other people's lives. I don't know that I'm much of (laughs) an encourager, Uh, but, um, but, and and talking about this and I don't mean to interrupt, but a thought that comes to my mind that I feel trapped to younger and trying to do this. There's not a, there's not a cookie cutter system of being mentored or, or mentoring others. Right. Keep in mind, all those who are listening, if there's anything I encourage you with, it's going to look different for every person. You're, right. you're, it's going to be organic. You got to be patient. You got to be wise. Um, and then like you said, being mentored is the same way. There's different men who have different gifts and you got to let them speak into your life. Look at what they have. But I just want to encourage folks because you're, when you go to your people and say, Hey, I want to mentor you, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? I want to disciple you. They may not be familiar with it. They may. Right. Or they may not be. So that's why I encourage you. I know you want to go to books. You want to find a three-step process. That's the perfect process. Be patient. There's not. There's a framework to work within, but, yeah. but there's not. 
every time it's going to look a little bit different. Right. So so get your own framework and just start doing it. It's okay right. to mess up. That's the thing yeah. about this. We can constantly mess up and get better at it, but but keep pushing forward. Keep doing it because I promise you, um, I'm not a wise man by any stretch of the imagination, but if you want to see fruit in your church, you start pouring into people in the mornings, in the evenings, uh, your own family, disciple your family, find some men that you can raise up and and then encourage your wife to do the same, to find right. some women in there. You know, she needs just like you need it. She needs it. And tell her to find some pastor's wives to do that. I know my wife has one in particular, and we moved away from her. It just it was a, it was such a strong impact on her. It affected her because this woman had just challenged her and helped her mature as a pastor's wife. So I just right. want to throw that in there as we're doing this. You're not going to get four easy steps to mentoring ship. Uh, you're going to get a framework to work with, but get out there and do it and see what God can do through just just using you to pour into other people. All right. Okay. Um, so what are some of the benefits of being mentored? And what are some of the benefits of mentoring others? I know we've sort of touched on this, but I thought it was important to just sort of, you know, here's here's some benefits that you get out of mentoring. And James, why don't you go ahead and start? Yeah, uh, talking about some of the benefits. Uh, number one is a pastor in the church and you are mentoring people. Uh, obviously, some of the benefits is just maturity and growth in that person and in your church. Um we spoke on longevity, I think, last two podcasts. If you want to help your longevity um, 10 years, 15 years down the road, reproduce yourself. And what I mean by re- reproduce yourself, help grow people to become leaders, leaders in their families, leaders in the local church. Um, and that fruit. As it's produced throughout the years, I'm telling you, it'll become sweeter and sweeter pastoring that church as as more people are being matured in the faith. It's just it's wonderful. And personally, being mentored for me, it's just, again, the same maturity. We all long to be effective, mature, healthy pastors. Um, we can't do it alone. You've got to get arm in arm. That's one of the beauties of a plurality of elders. And I know that's for another podcast for another day. But what I'm just saying is having men surround you that might be pastors or even not pastors who will pour into me and love me and help me become better. Um, man, it's it just the fruit of it is I get to mature and then I get to pour that into my family and, and into my children. So yeah, I just yeah. see some of those fruits right there for me personally, just right off the top, those type of fruits. Jonathan? Uh, I'm probably going to overlap some of his benefits as well. Um, but I would say number one is that you are going to grow because of right. mentoring others and being mentored. Um, you don't stagnate in your faith when you're in a process right. of mentoring both directions. Um, second thing I would say you benefit in is that, yes, you – you can be a better husband to your wife and a better father to your children if you're being mentored. Mentorship is more than just about um, how are you doing in the ministry. Mentorship involves dealing with how you're dealing with your family. How are you? How is your soul doing today? And so, if 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 you're gonna, if I could tell you today, you could do this thing once a week, and it would make you a better father and a better husband. Forget the being a better pastor. Wouldn't you want to jump at that? You know, wouldn't you want to say, all right, tell me what that is. And and mentoring is mentorship is that thing. You you are going to be better at at life if you are being mentored. And that's the huge benefit. 
Well, to me, and just to, to sort of to build off some of that, to me, mentoring is also when we talk about ministry and we talk about how many guys um, leave the ministry every year and we can get into the statistics. And once again, as James said, that's another another podcast for a future date. I think mentoring to me is one of the keys to not just longevity at a church, but longevity in the ministry. I think you've got to um, build those relationships. You know, um, how many guys have lost their marriages because of, of and, and it's not always sexual sin or something like that, just because they get so caught up into work and get caught up into the ministry that they neglect their families. And a mentor can be that thing that helps guide them back to their family. Um, having those mentors can help be safeguards, guardrails on the highway of life that keep us from running off the cliff. And so in so many ways, mentorship is to me that thing that helps me last. You know, when I talk to some of the guys that I know that have left the ministry, a lot of times they didn't have those mentor relationships. Not always. Now, some of them had good mentors or if they had those relationships, they either didn't have those relationships or if they had those relationships, they had let them grow cold and dark and they were not using those mentors. And so I look at all of that. And and so I think mentorship is one of God's um, gifts that he gives us as a Mm -hmm. pastor to help us stay the course because man this is a grind you know ministry is is a grind and you need guys with you you need people to help you jonathan well and i would say your church your small church pastors here small church shepherds your church wants you to be mentored um i i they they don't might not know they want you to be mentored but they do and one of the one of the things i actually loved about this church when i was in that i'm at now at franklin creek with my interview process they actually asked me as part of the search committee do you have a mentor you know do oh, you wow. have an older pastor who is pouring into you i have and, never and been asked that question <laughs> I, I i hadn't either i have never been asked that question but this church asked me that and i was like well yeah actually i, I do you know what i was able to say honestly yeah i have someone pouring into me and they said well good we want someone who is being mentored because we want to know that when we when you we bring you on as pastor that you are not just we're not just getting you but we're getting the wisdom and experience of your mentor as well you know oh, wow. and, and so your churches you know that was wise on this church's part to ask me that um, yeah. but it made me realize churches whether they realize it or not your small churches want you to be mentored right. yeah, and, and I totally agree and and just for a practical application on that come to mind at the times at different times with the elders that I've served with and my staff is I I personally would would mentor them or have someone come in for them or tell them to find someone. And then on the flip side, I would say, okay, now you guys need to go find someone to do this with. You know, yes, I'm going to model it as the pastor, but I need you, youth minister, 
uh, you, music minister, you know, different people around me saying, um, I need you to find someone to pour into and then find someone to pour into you, um, just as a practical, you know, you know, application of doing that. Forget it's not just us, but if you do have some people around you and a staff or you're a plurality of elders, it's to almost say, Hey, this, this is sort of a non-negotiable. This is something that we need to be doing for the health of our church and for our personal health, um, in the long term. Well, um, the last question that I have, and it was one um, that I think is incredibly important, is, and James, you, you did mention earlier that there's no quick fix. There's no book that's going to help you perfectly. But I think one of the things I want small church shepherds to be is, is a resource. And so what are some resources um, that you guys have found to be helpful um, especially given like I'm like you, Jonathan, I was never mentored until later in the ministry. What are some resources that you found that have helped you be an effective mentor to other people? And, and so, Jonathan, why don't you start us out? Well, I was actually trying to look back and it's it's not the most trendy um, book. And I don't have it with me at the top of my head, but it's by... Um, Jim Putnam, if I remember, and his real life discipleship. Oh, yeah. yeah, Great. Um, I I went through that when I was still in college and it it never really clicked for me. I understood it, um, but it was great. But then I went to a church plant and I was at this church, a member of a church plant when I didn't have a pastor for a little over a year. And this we were going through their discipleship process. And I said, this is super familiar to me. This is really familiar. So I went home and I pulled out my book and I was like, they're doing real life discipleship. And I got to see it fleshed out in this church. And and I realized, you know what, that is, that is transformative. And and it was really practical. So if I could say a book, it's not your trendy book. It's a little older. uh, But if you could get real life discipleship by Jim Putnam, that's a good solid And just for context, for you people that are here. Remember, Jonathan is a baby. This book's only like 10 years old, so when he says it's not a new book, it really is a new book, (laughs) young whippersnapper. Um, So uh, a couple that I have that I've used in the past, one is, um, and this one is an older one. This one's actually by a guy named Billy Hanks, who was a part of uh, Billy Billy Graham's evangelism. It's um, uh, It's called Becoming a Disciple Maker. And it's a great little uh, book and series of books, um, um, you know, Call to Grow, Call to Joy. And they're really good books on, especially for immature Christians or people who are new Christians, they're really good for new believers on walking through the steps of discipleship. Another one that um, one of my mentors when I was planning a church, George Ross used with me that really impacted me was Gospel Coach. Um, Gospel Coach was an amazing book by Scott Thomas and Tom Wood. Amazing book, amazing resource, really talked about you know, pouring into people's lives and coaching. Um, and, and just one other, you know, plug for my friend George Ross. If you'll go to George Ross's website, George Ross is with NAM, North American Mission Board. He has a lot of stuff on there on mentoring and he has some great articles. His passion is for mentoring and discipleship. And so you can go to George's website and he has all of this stuff about gospel coaching and coaching people. And so I would encourage you to go there. James, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I, I want to uh, second the gospel coaching. Um, George also pointed me to that several years.
years ago by Scott Thomason. And that's actually when I was talking about my staff mentoring them, that's exactly what I used. Um, And so it's it's you're looking for practical questions, application, challenging them, setting goals, growing, maturing. um, uh, Use that and go to his website again. He has a lot of PDF files that you could put in your hands and use with someone. So please, I'm, I'm asking you personally as a favor. You need to go there. And, and use those resources. George put a lot of hard work in, and it's effective, oh, yeah. and it works. Um, you know, and, and, and not only the gospel coaching, I used it a lot, and it really impacted me. But to be honest, just to, for me, one of the things that helped me in the process of, of mentoring people is, uh, to be honest, was the Christian ministry um, by Charles Bridges and the Reformed Pastor oh, yeah. by oh, yeah. Richard Baxter. And, and, and I mean in this way, not practically, but the biblical call foundation to do this good work and why it's necessary. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. it will motivate you into the practical and start putting a game plan together with these resources. And you'll be surprised. You put that call together and you put that that application, that plan together, you'll see God do great things through by his spirit, through his word in those people that you love and that you're mentoring. So I, I would encourage you to read those. And also uh, little Christian biographies. You'll be surprised when you read about how they ministered to people, how they challenged people, how they did it, like, you know, how they would have certain times during the week. It will give you some simple ideas. Now, it may, may have been 200 years ago, but, uh, you know, uh, methods change, but the principles don't. And so you'll see you'll see the principles there, and it'll help you uh, in your game plan. All right, so great conversation, guys. Um, just a couple little things. Uh, one resource we want you to know, we mentioned it in the show, georgeross.net is George's website, georgeross.net. And George James has actually come up with his own uh, mentoring process called the Gospel Life Plan. And if you go to his site now, he actually has his 2019 Gospel Life Plan. He has PDFs available that you can use to then go through that with your family. I I think you were saying, James, that you actually do this with your son, right? Yeah, we uh, we have it printed out for this year. We annually try to do it. Again, I learned this from George. He's the man. If you listen to this, you can blush. He's the man. Um, that I don't know myself, uh, my wife. I've done it with other men. And also as my son gets 12 or 13 years of age, done it with him. And now my other son, we're about to do that with him. It's just a good, practical uh, a way, a measuring stick, if you will, to see how you're growing and, right. and what you need to be shooting for as personal goals, both physically and spiritually. Right. All right. Well, Jonathan, you want to begin to close us out? Yeah. Well, what we're going to start this episode that hopefully becomes a regular part of our podcast is we want some community engagement. So at the end of every podcast, before we close out, we're going to give you all some questions and we want you all to hit us up on our Facebook page with your answers to these questions. So make, come make a like, comment on our Facebook page and or send us a message or even you could send it to our email at smallchurchshepherds at gmail.com. But the questions today is what do you look for in a mentor? And two, what are some resources that you would recommend for someone who's looking to get into mentoring? Thank you guys for uh, listening in today. We appreciate it. As always, you are a part of this ministry. The way that we encourage others and equip them is that we want to spread this news out. And a couple ways that you can help us in that is you can go to Twitter. And our handle's at uh, Shepherd Small. 
uh, follow us, like us, share um, our, all the information that we give you each and every week. Also, you can go to Facebook and you'll find us in our small church shepherds. We need you to follow us. And as you see blog articles, podcasts, we need you to comment. We need you to share. We want you to uh, put reviews, if you will, to help us out in that. And as Jonathan mentioned about those questions earlier, if you'll go to small uh, church shepherds at Google, um, excuse me, at gmail.com, you can email us any of your concerns, thoughts, comments, um, even topic ideas for blog articles. We would absolutely love that. After that, go to iTunes, uh, download this newest episode, follow us, and also leave a five-star review. Hey, we're doing five-star work here, so we think we should get a five-star <laughs> review. Uh, and again, a shout-out to jo- George Ross, and uh, we love that man. Uh, if you uh, if you need any more resources, go to jo- George Ross, Ross's website, and uh, I know he'll be greatly encouraged. God bless you guys. Thank you, and, um, and we'll see you next time on Small Church Shepherds.